and welcome back to Damon All to Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson, and today we're talking Me Too and breastfeeding and making a bunch of money because they're all under attack right now, which makes me not a very happy camper, but just another day in America. And I'm Tracy Dietz, and I am in a fine mood today, which is so rare. So I know Kelly's super excited to have me all happy today. <laughs> no, I'm not taking any medication. I'm just in a good mood, so it's good. Uh, it's probably because the administration made a good decision in picking Brett Kavanaugh last night. According to you. A total... <laughs> <laughs> Not a totally crazy person fucking everything up. Although I really wanted him to pick Merrick Gall Carlin just for fun. Because I, I like, what would everybody have done? I think it's funny that you don't think Brett Kavanaugh's going to fuck everything up because. Oh, he could have picked so much worse. Yeah, well, just because you're not the worst doesn't make it a good decision. Eh, he picked a conservative. He's going <laughs> to he be did. like Roberts. It's going to be good. Uh, we'll see. He's slightly conservative, moderate. So today we just thought we'd run through all the shit that is under attack right now. So Tracy's going to start us off with a, with a beauty queen Me Too crossover oh, moment. Crazy. All right. So there has been a ton of blowback with Miss America uh, deciding to get rid of the swimsuit competition and evening gown competition. Who's a blow? back from the state directors okay so, so like inner the mis- beauty queen world well is the pissed. state so from this directly from the state directors yep so there have been and wait just one more question do all 50 states have a beauty queen state director yeah. okay yeah absolutely yep. yeah oh yeah uh so there have been 22 states that have basically filed a petition to ask for the removal of the new board at miss america including gretchen carlson <laughs> because they want the swimsuits and dresses back they well yeah, yes. General they just, unhappiness. They just, they just have some general unhappiness with the way in which things are, are being run. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, there were, I guess, 30 Miss Americas that came out in support of all of the new stuff and Amazing. signed the petition, mm-hmm. except there were some names on that petition that didn't actually authorize or agree to be on that tish- petition. So former Miss North Carolina, Maria Bill Fletcher from 1962, who became Miss America, her name was on that petition. She actually sent a letter to the Miss, Organ- Miss America organization to ask them to remove her name because she had never authorized. Somebody just put her name on yep. there without talking to her. Right, right. It's so a there's a lot fraud. of, I know, there's <laughs> a lot of sketchiness going on around that. But uh, so that's happening. And there are tons of different opinions on do we get rid of swimsuit? Do we not get rid of swimsuit? There were a lot of women that have competed in the pageants over the years that believe that swimsuit is important because they work really, really hard to get physically fit and to get those amazing bodies that you always see on TV. Yeah. Yeah, don't the bodies look just as good in clothes? Sure. Like, doesn't having a great bod? Maybe, but, uh, but the, I mean, there's a difference between being muscular and then just being skinny. So and what I think are they? the whole point Bo- is both? to be both, is yeah. to be m- very muscular and physically fit. And so you want to see the muscles, you know, in swimsuit. I, I, I'm honestly, like, at first I was, like, super excited that they had, you know, yanked swimsuit. And, and now I'm a little torn, you know, Why? because if they want if if they want to be judged on their muscles, go to a there's like a whole another series of competitions, fitness, miss fitness. There's a fitness series, right, where the whole thing is all about your muscular makeup. So yeah, go but there. That's like massive muscular. Right. That's but I'm not just, just saying like, like Miss America is Miss meant America to be an, about to be rounded. Right. So yeah. you're supposed to be physically fit right. along with many other things, not just physically fit. And those muscular competitions require, you know, eight hours of working out and Crazy. Right, but like, if I'm saying if they're pissed because the world isn't going to see their muscles, that's not the point of Miss America no, in the I first place. No, but I don't. I don't think they're 
pissed. I think they're making the point of Miss America is a well-rounded individual. We worked really hard to get these bodies. Are you kidding me? Like you're going to take away my swimsuit after I didn't eat carbohydrates for six months and worked my ass off. The beginning is always hard. It's a cultural change sure. inside of the beauty sure. queen space. I, again, that's again why I'm a little bit torn on yeah. that issue. Um, but the the thing at play that's really interesting. So Miss Massachusetts, just the first African-American woman just won Miss Massachusetts for the first time ever. But there was a candidate that was competing in Miss Massachusetts that resigned in the middle of the pageant because they made a Me Too joke. So a woman comes out and she gets down on a knee and she's praying to God and she's talking about what happened with swimsuit and what are we going to do. And, you know, I'm so confused by what happened. And God, like, holds his arms out and goes, me too, Amy, me too. And, you know, the whole crowd, the whole crowd laughs. It's just really fucked up. Like, I cannot. Like God making fun of rape? Right. And so that was the, so the girl. <laughs> it's crazy. So Maude Gorman, who's 24, basically announced in an Instagram post that she was done because she had been raped by three men when she was 13 Mm. and had not talked about it and just came out and talked about it recently and said, this is a problem. Like, we can't accept we can't accept things like this. Yeah. So it's been a whole big brouhaha. So has has Miss fill in the blank made a public statement about Me Too that you know of? With Miss uh, Maud Gorman, or no, like the in the association, the Miss, Miss Amer- Massachusetts, Miss, Miss, Miss Massachusetts, whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, they have not. I don't think that they responded to this at this point. They just made the joke, and a, a African American woman won, and they're talking about that. How yeah. that's the whole big. They've sort of spun it. So I don't know what. I mean, this just happened this weekend. So I don't know what the what's going to happen as a result of it. But I mean. Yeah. I feel like making Me Too jokes is just not okay. And we'll no, talk more about it's that not later. Okay. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot in in sort of prep for this episode about um, about who should be talking about what and when and can men talk about women things and can women talk about men things and do we need to join forces and how much do women have to be like standing up for themselves and or should we have male allies that support? And I think that the beauty queen the beauty pageant world and industry and it, it it's it's huge it's in every state there's a lot of money a lot of people are involved in it i wonder the evolution of this of what we're dealing with which is women being uh, judged on their beauty and their intelligence and women having stronger voices to stand up for themselves and is that something people want? Will that be in direct conflict with what is the mission of the beauty pageant space? Is it are there women that decide to be beauty queens that also say, I don't want to be judged only on my looks. I want I, my looks shouldn't matter. Or, you know, are they married? Are they in relationships with men who 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 stand up for them, both in the Me Too world, but also just in changing of roles? You know what I mean? It feels like a real sort of Bermuda Triangle. So I don't. So I have no idea what the world actually wants, or what they think, or why somebody watches Miss America, or why, why they why they tune in, and and is it because they want to see women in swimsuits? Like I, I don't know. I never Seven Eleven and get a magazine for that. Right. I, I never watched Miss America growing up as a child because I wanted to see women in swimsuits. I watched because I wanted to see them on stage, and I wanted to see their answers, and I wanted to watch their talent because mm-hmm. that was the most entertaining portion of it is watching women dance and sing. And like a variety show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you now, I mean, they've got all these reality, sh- I don't even know if they're really reality shows now, but so you think you can dance and yeah. America's Got 
talent and American Idol. And yeah. We like to be entertained by people with talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was part of that. But Miss America was really about sort of being well-rounded and, and being smart and being intelligent and having... You a- just could. You just can't be unattractive and be doing it. Like in all those shows you just named, you can be talented but not textbook beautiful. Uh, maybe. But, I mean, when you look at all the people that win, I mean, nobody's ever ugly. <laughs> Well, other than that right. one, like, old fat woman that could sing well. Did, I don't know. She didn't actually win it. I know. Whatever. Oh, I know you're but, talking about. Yeah. She sings like opera or whatever. Yes. It's just in a in a, so wor- I, in I a, think, in a country. I think there is a place in this world for pageants. And I, I, as much as I have a slight disdain for them, I can't argue against the fact that they probably made me a better person. I think they've made me more successful. I think they've made me more confident in my abilities to walk in a room because I've been able to accept criticism that I probably couldn't otherwise accepted. So, but not so much that you're asking your girls to do it. That is true. Yeah. So I understand. But they're nine. And, but they're nine and seven. Sure. So I don't know. I mean, when they're sixteen and eighteen, would I demand absolutely not? No. If they really wanted to do it and it was yeah, something yeah. they wanted to do, I would probably say okay. You know, um, I, we talk a lot about like cultural tipping points and places of change and where gender roles can change from what used to be standard practice to what could be practiced and what is now and all that. So, and, and so we talk a lot about these topics in a way that makes space for change. And I think that Miss America is trying to do that, but it's not, as you've just described, it's not going so well. Well, because trying I, to think, change I think they tried to literally change. cut off the head of the beast and completely revamp it 100% and make it something completely different instead of slowly evolving over time. Oh, you think just taking away swimsuit is going to make it totally, completely different? Well, they took away swimsuit and evening gown. So the, the two so categories that are only about appearance. Right. Yeah, versus the categories that combine appearance with other elements. But evening gown wasn't, supposed to, wasn't technically supposed to be about appearance. It was about composure and elegance and taking and, – and presenting yourself. And I like evening gowns. They're pretty. But what what would really be awesome for Miss America to do is to do an actual fitness competition instead of swimsuit competition. Like have the girls come out in fitness attire yeah. or workout attire. And like see and how many pull-ups like, they can right. do. Right. And then have freaking so pull-ups. Weird. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do something like that. But they haven't they – haven't, they haven't replaced any of that. Yeah. They're like, well, now it's just interviewing talent. Yeah. Maybe it was a little – it went from a four-part – process to a two-part process and, and everybody's you know, short-sighted. Yeah. Right. Speaking of Me Too, our president has put his foot in his mouth or in the shit or whatever. He never matters. does that. Again. I have no idea what you're talking so about. So he, he, a man who we know has had many, many claims against him for acting inappropriately and sexually inappropriately to women, was on the road in a campaign capacity. It was candidate Trump out. And let me tell you what a joy that guy is. And he was in Montana. So this there is a Senate race there in these midterm elections. The sitting senator is a Democrat, Senator John Tester, who will be up for his third, his second reelect, his third term. And he's running, he's running against a, a Republican, some guy named Matt Rosendahl, who's currently the state auditor. And, and he won because Zinke, Ryan Zinke, the former senator, is now the Department of the Interior. Oh, well, that guy's not up yet again. I don't think that. that so John Tester is the senior senator, I think. And then the other guy's not up. But oh. yes, maybe there was a special. Was, I thought this was this the guy is not a covering special. that one. Yeah. Okay. So John Tester is a Democrat. And there, as most of you guys know, there are three seats in the Senate that are really toss-ups. So it's Claire McCaskill in Missouri, who we're going to talk about later, John Tester, in I Montana, Missouri's even and a then, toss up, and then but. West Virginia. So the president is there, and he's doing his thing, and he's riling up his base, and 
And he's talking about his own reelection in 2020 and saying that if if Elizabeth Warren gets the nomination on the Democratic side, Elizabeth Warren, who's senator for Massachusetts, one of his sort of biggest arch rivals, then he can't wait to debate her on her ethnicity because they have had sort of back and forth about what her ethnicity is, which is sort of goofy. So he says, and I quote, I'm going to get one of those little kits. He says this while he's describing this hypothetical debate. And in the middle of the debate, when she proclaims that she's from Indian heritage because her mother says she has high cheekbones, that's her only evidence, we'll take that little kit and say, but we have to do it gently because we're in the hashtag Me Too generation. So we have to be very gentle on and on and so forth and so forth. So he's basically saying, like, all you fucking women have screwed this all up, and now we can't just say what we think because we're in the hashtag MeToo m- movement. And a lot of people have said it was in bad taste. So I, I think, oh, God, I hate it when you fucking make me defend Donald Trump. It drives me crazy. You say shit in a way that makes me feel like I need to defend him, and it drives me fucking nuts. Well, I don't, that's on you and not me. I don't <laughs> think that he was saying, like, well, you've, all you women have ruined it for the rest of us, so now I, have to, I think he, I think he was just generally being a douche. I think he was just saying something fucking inappropriate. At the expense of women. Yeah, yeah, but I don't yeah. think he was also, like, trying to say that, like, all women have ruined it all for the rest of the men in the world. Like, that that was just so commentary that you just, like, two variations added. of the same thing. I, I think he was just like, being Like, he was being stupid. a douche, and he, he used a, a cultural shifting movement, which was started by women and carried on by women, with a very distinct title, to poke fun at another woman at a debate in front of his base. It sucks. Or, it's yeah. shitty and it's terrible. But to say, like, but to, for your added commentary of... Oh, well, it's we've ruined it for all women. I, I mean, he never said that. Or sorry, we've ruined it for all men, right. not all women. We've ruined it for all men. With, with time, I'll be able to find a tweet or something where he <laughs> says women have ruined everything for men. But so people have said it's in bad taste, which I agree with. It I is think in bad taste. I totally agree. Taste. It's shitty. And one of the, his accusers has come out. So Rachel Crooks, who's running for Congress now in Ohio, against a dude Jim Jordan, who has had 10 women come out against him with sexual misconduct misconduct allegations, has said that she thinks that it's despicable that he would mock the Me Too movement, which I agree with, and goes on to say that, of course he is. He has not been held accountable for any of the allegations that have been put against him. He has not allowed anything to sort of go to trial. He hasn't apologized for anything. He hasn't admitted anything. But well, I don't think a it's up to him women. to allow anything to go to trial. Nobody's Well, he's paid a whole bunch of people form. off. Right. Well, he settled a whole bunch. And if yeah, yeah, women yeah. made the option to settle, sure. I mean, they could have yeah. pursued it and yeah. went down a different path. But and yes, I mean, a, lo- a lot of the um, potential criminal charges that were waged against him have now been put on, I think, on the on the um, burner because he's the president and there's like a different status and stature. There was in the very beginning of his presidency, remember, he was going to have to sit trial for one of these things. But he had, they ended up getting a, an extension or something for it. But I think that the... Um, I think that him using politics to say something that very specifically will be an insult to a large portion of people and be fire for more gender hate from his base. Well, I I have so I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I think he made a shitty joke, just like the guys in Massachusetts with Miss Massachusetts made a shitty joke. And but I think we have to call him out on it. You don't think I that don't he think it's did gonna it matter. To, to incite his base? I mean, Specifically, I think everything he does to incite his base. And that, that is inciting his base historically has created more hate and vitriol in 
in this country? Question mark, Tracy. So I don't know. I don't know that I can say that definitively. You don't think some of his comments along when he was running for president has has was part of the reason that hate crimes are up in this country. So what percentage of so I don't I don't have the statistics for hate crimes yes, in the they're country. Up, they're up like three hundred percent from fifteen to what kind 16. of hate crimes? Um, burning down. It's mostly Muslim. When they they burned down a couple of those mosques, there was there was some shootings of people of Muslim Muslim faith. I mean, there is it was it's it was right when he was running for president that that time fifteen to sixteen when hate crimes went up. I mean, what I'm saying is I think that he doesn't care that his words have effect on his base in a way that does not make our country nicer to one another. So I I think he. He doesn't believe that his words are actually causing those things. Like I don't. I mean, I don't think he goes with the intention of you don't trying to create more hate crimes and cause more violence in the country. I don't think that's an intention. I think he just says whatever the fuck he. Wants I mean, to when say. he was running for president, he encouraged his supporters to beat the shit out of Black Lives Matters protesters. Remember, like he was like, I would hit him and I would drag him out of here, all that stuff. When he was running for president. So I remember one one moment where somebody came in and was actually punching somebody else. And his retaliation was, don't tolerate that. Hit them back. Like, I don't I mean, I don't remember the specifics. Okay. We're going so to have to go back. And, I mean, okay. right now, like, my blood is boiling because <laughs> this man loves people to hate each other. He loves it. It makes him better. It makes what it makes him better. But um, so he also so he said me too at this thing. And that was pretty shitty. That's what I think about that. Yeah. Yeah. There shouldn't be me too jokes ever. Yeah. There's a lot of them, turns out. So the other thing that's under sort of attack right now is breastfeeding, which we have talked about a little bit on this podcast. And uh, there was a United Nations World Health Assembly last week. And um, hundreds of government delegates met. They do a lot of stuff there. But one thing they were doing and expecting to pass quickly, get approved quickly, was a resolution about encouraging breastfeeding. And most of the countries were pretty stoked about it, except for our great country of the United States of America. It, it, it involved promoting breastfeeding more clearly, more decisively. So having a system by which to support breastfeeding and monitor the marketing for breast milk substitutes. And the U.S. decided not to do it. And there's a lot of people think it's for a bunch of different reasons, but mostly because they are protecting the interests of infant formula manufacturers. So, I I mean, I, I have a slight issue with this. Like, if you want to breastfeed, breastfeed. If you don't want to breastfeed, don't breastfeed. I had, I struggled when I had my first child with, uh, the nurses basically saying you have to breastfeed. There's no other option. Oh, don't don't give your kid a bottle because there'll be nipple confusion. And then and so then it sort of became this thing where you know at five weeks my kid wouldn't take a bottle and I couldn't leave the house and go back to work, which was my choice. I wanted to go back to work and I couldn't because my kid wouldn't take a bottle. The only thing she would touch was a boob. Um, so I don't think we want to pressure women to the point to where they can't. If, if they want different options, they should have different options and those should be okay. I don't think we should say breastfeeding is a bad thing or not give women options to breastfeed if that's what they want to do either. I don't understand why you can't just have both. Like why can't you promote breastfeeding and why can't you pr- promote formula? I had the opposite experience in the hospital. They were really trying to push formula on me so that oh, I could really? sleep because I didn't <sighs> have a good latch and it was hard and it hurt. 
and the formula was right there. And I have a similar stories from almost all my girlfriends. So it's I, the I don't same know. thing. Oh my yeah. god, it must be because I live out in Bumblefuck. Yeah, I mean, it was like don't you? It was basically like formula is radioactive. You can't give your kid formula. Well, I I also did all my prenatal and birthing stuff at a with a at a birth center, so I had mid- midwives and not doctors. Mm-hmm. So I was really working on being able to breastfeed and, and working on what that is. And you um, think and they'd be more supportive hosp- of that? Well, yeah, but then I ended up in the hospital, and so the the hospital was the one that was really pushing for for breast milk. I mean, I or for a formula uh, for formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the really interesting thing about this pushback is. A whole bunch of countries were basically saying that there are years and years and years and years of data and studies and scientific evidence that breast milk really does have significant advantages for the health of infants. And so by basically evening the playing field, saying that there are restrictions on the marketing and the truthful nature of the formula industry and balancing that out with healthy promotion of breastfeeding is going to be good. But our country decided that that wasn't in the best interest of our country. And, like, they pushed back on Ecuador. They pushed back on a bunch of countries in Africa that were also trying to get this resolution passed. And finally, Russia picked it up, and they decided to not push back on Russia, which you can read a whole bunch of other shit into that if you wanted to. So they're just not promoting breastfeeding. It's not that they're saying don't do it. They're just not promoting that over formula. Right. And the the resolution said countries should strive to limit the inaccurate or misleading marketing of breast milk substitutes. So to have a system in place by which, I mean, you've seen the Enfamil as good as breast milk, you know, like all like the, the marketing of these formula companies say that it's, yeah say that it has all the benefits of breast milk when we know from science that that's not accurate. So the resolution would say that as a global entity, we're going to promote breast milk and try to limit misleading marketing for formula. So it's funny. So when I was, uh, so Addison was four months old and I had been pumping pretty heavily. And Addison had had no formula at all at that point. And I basically just ran out of milk. So like mm-hmm. she was drinking 30 ounces a day and I was producing 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because pumping is not as effective as actually just nursing. And I remember when we went to her four-month checkup, I was so upset. And I like looked at the doctor and I'm like, I just don't, like, I don't know what to do. And he, and I'm like, you know, it's been four months. Like she's gotten enough at this point, like of all the good mm-hmm. stuff from breast milk that she's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she got all the stuff she needed from the placenta. You're fine. Go to formula. It's fine. And I, that was the first time anyone had said that to me because yeah. again, like my doctors were totally different. My doctors were like, no, the, your kid can't have formula. You have to nurse. It was different with my second child, mostly because I was like, I ain't got to do shit. You got to take this baby and feed it, and I'm going to sleep for the next eight I hours. I think part of the problem we have is described in the way we're describing the scenario. Right. No one should – this is at least how this resolution was described, that the language is asking governments to protect, promote, and support breastfeeding. And so I think if the if the commentary, if the narrative – Instead of four, four months, that guy saying oh, he got it, they got everything you needed from your from the placenta, and the doctors in your hospital didn't say that formula is toxic, and the doc- doctors in my hospital didn't say a oh, breastfeeding's not worth your time and energy. If there were some agreed upon boundaries, support, protect, and promote breastfeeding, because there's all this information that says that your kid gets a lot of health benefits if they get some breast milk, right? Without saying zero days, four months, right. a year, whatever. And if if there were some restrictions on promotion of formula saying like, no, this isn't going to kill your kid, 
right? Your kid will be fine on this because it has just, these vitamins like and these nutrients, be, but it's not. It should all go back to the women. And it should totally just be like, if you want to breastfeed your kid, it's great. If you want to give your kid formula, it's great. Like there shouldn't be some competition between Well, I agree with that, but I also whatever. don't think that formula companies should be able to put out inaccurate marketing. That is correct. Yeah. They should not be And able I to don't think inaccurate. the government should have a right to say we're not going to promote breastfeeding. Right. Well, that's I don't crazy. think the government has a right to say most things. So yeah. I'm with you on that. And everyone was really surprised of it, about it because why the fuck is our government abroad trying to like, you know, what a silly fight to pick. What a, what a silly reason to be under scrutiny, this government, right. with all the stuff that they got going on. It's crazy. And, um, you know, I think that like we're going to talk about in a second, I think that it's not just about the women, what the women want. I think it's a decision that should be made inside of a family. My husband was incredibly crucial in me being able to breastfeed as long as I did. You know, like if I was sleeping, he would bring the pump to me or he would take the milk to the refrigerator or, you know, whatever it was. I just think that it has to be decisions made inside of a family unit with the support of your doctors and your yeah. government, for fuck's sake. And yeah. I most certainly don't think that hospitals should be shoving and enforcing women to breastfeed if, A, they but don't have enough hospital should and... have a really good lactation consultant. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Which Absolutely. I don't think they all do. No, I ended up going to my pediatrician had a great yeah, lactation Yeah, most pediatricians do. But like, she was awesome. But up to that yeah. point, like six days in, like yeah. I was dying. My midwife, my midwife clinic had a, had a lactation consultant and her she came to visit always within the hour of the birth of the people that were at that birth. Yes, yeah, he had none of that. Yeah. I went to a class and I couldn't. And, and then they gave me a donut and they're like, you can sit on this donut. And I had a sprained tailbone. And stitches in my junk. Yeah. So I'm like sitting on a fucking donut while they're telling me, like, you have to do it this way and that way. And it was awful. Anyway. We should be better. We should be better. We shouldn't pressure women to breastfeed and we shouldn't shove formula down their throats. Yeah. We should, like, do whatever is best. If you've got a great milk supply, awesome. And you like breastfeeding, awesome. If you don't, formula is okay, too. Your baby will be fine. Yeah. That's all. Our babies are fine. Our babies are fine. My <laughs> kids had both, and they are fine. Yeah. So revisiting one of our favorite people on this show, Missouri Attorney General Josh Hawley. I love how you refer to him as our, one of our favorite people. Favorite favorite people to hate. Missouri's an interesting state. Yeah. Hey, I've Missouri. done a lot of work there. In fact, I ran a woman against Josh Hawley, but she did not prevail, clearly. That's sad. And anyway, he's now running for Senate. So he's only been in politics two years. If elected at 38, he'd be the youngest senator in our country. He has We have picked on him a bunch on this show for a lot of very valid reasons. He says I that- have a problem with him because he was the one of the attorneys on the Hobby Lobby case, which restricted access to birth control. Tracy and I've got into that. We're not rehashing the restriction, but it was it's just a fact. Then he still provided sixteen out of twenty. Then he okay. he blamed sex trafficking on the sexual revolution. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I gotta find the exact quote. We have a human trafficking crisis in our state and in the city and in our country because people are willing to purchase women, young women, and treat them like commodities. There is a market for it. Why is there? Because our culture has completely lost its way. The sexual revolution has led to the exploitation of women on a scale that we never have imagined. Never have imagined. I feel like the sexual revolution got women birth control. I got women a voice. How about that? (laughs) So he's running for Senate in Missouri, and he is going after Claire McCaskill. So she's a woman, clearly, a Democrat. Missouri's one of those pickups we talked about earlier. 
potential pickups. And Claire McCaskill is married to a very wealthy man. He was he was a developer, worked hard, and in 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 her own words. My husband has done exactly what you're supposed to do in this country, worked really hard, created thousands of jobs, and then made great wealth. And so she has she has got a great vehicle to drive around the country. She talked about voters. She's got a private plane. She's got a family plane that she flies back and forth to D.C. And she's got nice homes and all that kind of stuff. And Josh Holly said of her, she's pretending to be one of the people and then living completely differently. And he asked her to give her plane up for a month. And... It's bullshit. Fuck it's you, dude. Bullshit. Like nobody. Like Donald Trump flew around in his plane, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying no, no, no. I hear you about Donald this, Trump. Yeah. But I mean, he fucking flew around in his plane. Everybody and nobody like, took issue on that. that yeah. He was fucking rich as shit. She said, like, "I married a wealthy guy, and that somehow transforms me into a different person." Yeah, fuck That's you, totally Josh bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I'm with. Yeah. So the funny thing about Josh Hawley is like he's talk about somebody that transforms to make a statement. I mean, it feels like he just. I'm not a Republican. I don't live in the state. I, I would never vote for him. So I'm not I, – I wouldn't know what his platform is, what he stands for. But the time that we have thought about him and read about him well, and I'm talked about him, fun of him, he he does not – he just seems to want to incite and do bullshit stuff. Well, I think that – I mean, I think he lacks the experience that she lacks. She's clearly been in the Senate for many, many years. And so he's grasping – Lacks the experience it. she has? Do you yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that not what I said? Sorry. You said they both lacked – no, no, I'm yeah. sorry. He lacks the experience that she has. Yeah. She has been in the Senate for a while. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. even know how many years. But I think she's on her second reelect, third reelect, yeah. Right. So okay. So he just has to he's just throwing out whatever he can. Oh, well, she's got a plane. Like she's throwing around in a plane. Like she's traveling around in a plane. Like Do you what? think part of the reason he did that is because she's a woman? Like, do you think she, if, it, if it was her husband running who did the job to earn the plane, he would have said the same thing? I don't know. I don't know that he would have. And I think that's bullshit. It is bullshit. Yeah. I think that Josh Hawley, well, from his whole comment about the sexual revolution, it does not appear that he values women the same right. way he values men. Well, because Seems he like believes – Because he might be. He might be. He might not even know what he is because, I don't know, he's from Missouri and Missouri's an interesting state. But anyway, I digress. Just because McCaskill decided to, I don't know, did she even stay home and raise the kids? Like, what? I mean, I don't even know her history. Like, no, what she's was been she, working. Yep. What did she do before? Uh, like law and then other elected positions before. Okay. Yeah. So she was, mm-hmm. ar- she, she was already a very successful before woman that was, was senator, working yeah. before yep. she was a senator. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the fact that she married wealthy has to do with Right. I think anything. he's just trying to me, and I realize this is something that you is, you are irritated by, but that he... His base of Republican conservatives probably also take issue with women who stretch gender norms, gender role norms. And so he's I saying that stuff to incite his base. I hope not. But I think he is saying it because he feels like her husband did all of those things. Those things belong to her husband, not necessarily her. And that's fucked up. I would love to say to Josh Holly, oh, so your wife works and pays half your mortgage and right. pays for all her own clothes and pays the insurance on her car and pays, you know, because that's nonsense. There are some women that just stay home. And right. that's fine. Tons. I shouldn't even yeah. have said just stay home. Yeah. There are some women that choose to stay home and that is their, that's what they want to do. And, yeah. they, and Claire McCaskill chooses to be a badass, wealthy wife and be but in the Senate I, just and to clarify, I think staying home is pretty badass, too, because staying home and raising children is hard as fuck. Yep. It's much easier, I think, to go back to work than it is to stay home. But that's just my opinion. I don't agree that it's easier to go back to work than stay at home. But I believe they're both valid decisions in yeah, life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Well, we were going to talk about SCOTUS, uh, Supreme Court, and Roe v. Wade, and the media coverage and all that stuff. But, oh, shucks, we're straight out of time. Thank God. To see where we are next week. (laughs) And if I have the heart to talk about it. Oh, um, it's going to be fine. Yeah, we'll see. But I think that comes to an end for this week, friends. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We had lots of fun. I don't know if Kelly had lots of fun. <laughs> I had lots of fun today. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcast Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. Okay. Bye, guys. See you next week.